So you guys looking ahead at all? <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. We had uh, McConnell had this conversation and Hack. No, we haven't. I mean, we know what's possibly coming. We're not freaking born yesterday, but yeah. we're focused on mm-hmm. the task at hand. We don't want to look too far in advance. Because I'm telling you right now, Wadsworth is a good football team. Yeah. They really are. They're going to be hard-nosed. They're going to hit. Uh, they're going to be disciplined. So our kids, they got to be ready to roll. They have to win. We don't want to. We don't want to look too far in advance. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the Week 13 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Pfeiffer here with Rob Antonell. And it has not been lost on us that the Black Swarm Podcast has had a lack of defense for uh, a little while here. So I'd like to welcome on uh, a Black Swarm guy and Ryan Backer's coach, Coach Spencer Lino. Glad to be here, guys, man. Representing the Black Swarm here for the first week. You know, can't can't count uh, Coach Jarvis, man. He's a special teams guy. <laughs> All right, we half count them at yeah, least. Yeah, we, yeah. All right, so, well, uh, you know, let's get into it. And uh, uh, Coach Lino, you know, tell us a little about your uh, football career and what led you back home. Yeah, obviously, uh, I'm a Maslin guy. I was born and raised in Maslin. Uh, played football here, obviously, from youth all the way up. Went to Longfellow. Uh, obviously, played at the high school. Um Loved Maslin, loved everything about it. Uh, went on to play at Wittenberg University, Division Three school in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, Spring, if you don't know where Springfield is, kind of in between Dayton and uh, Columbus. Um, you know, we had we had a lot of success there at Wittenberg. Um, we had three conference championships. Uh, made an appearance to the D three playoffs three times. And you know, really, really liked. It. There's very, very similar to to Maslin's tradition, and and obviously, you know, we we were in similar situation being at Maslin. We we were regional champs, played Cleveland Glenville in the semifinals, used to winning and everything like that. It's very, very good place to play small college football. Obviously, once once I left Wittenberg, I went on to uh, coach at uh, in in Columbus uh, at Columbus Westland. Um, most people don't know really where that's at. It's it's in the same conference as Hilliard Davidson, Dublin Kaufman's. It's a Division One school. Uh, coached there for a year, and then went on to coach at uh, Urbana High School, which is close to Springfield. Went and coached with a guy by the name of uh, John Daniels, who I respect a lot. I uh, played played at Wittenberg with him. He's a he's a military guy. Served in the Iraqi Freedom uh, War. He's a veteran. Um, great guy. You know, learned learned a lot from him. Uh, obviously, served as a defensive coordinator at Urbana. There, um, coached linebackers, and then found found my way back home to Maslin. And obviously, you really really appreciate Maslin and their our tradition for football, especially when you get out and, and realize what other places have. So I I can't be more happy to be back here. Yeah, this is your second year here, right? Second year, yeah. Okay, awesome. I mean, we're definitely glad to have you back. Uh-huh. You know, it's awesome to have uh, one of our own here on the staff, you know, born and raised in Maslin. Mm-hmm. You know, as tough as they come, Black Swarm type of guy. Uh, you know, two years older than me, three years older than Hank. So uh, we're pretty familiar with you back then as well. So uh, we're glad to have you back, Coach. Yeah, glad to be here, man. 
yeah, uh, I brought it up, and you did too, the Black Swarm, you know. It was always a thing we had. It was one of the breakdowns we had on defense. Um, it's always kind of been a part of Maslin as far as in the program, as far as you know, we're concerned. Right. Um, can you kind of explain what Black Swarm is, what it means? Yeah, I mean, to, to us, we don't we don't throw that term around loosely. Um, Black Swarm, especially when we got a whole defensive staff who is Maslin guys. I mean, it it means something, and we preach that to to our kids on a weekly basis i mean it, it's just it's more than just words it's it's a it's a mentality um it, it's a it's our it's our lifestyle on defense it, it I mean, we really take it to heart you know it, it's about playing with passion uh being physical being tough uh being mentally tough coming to work on an everyday basis you know and, that, and that, to me that's that's kind of what this community's founded on that that's kind of who we are and obviously you know we take pride and we always have taken a lot of pride in how we play defense and Maslin so it, it it's it's a mentality it's something again that we take pride in and we preach on a daily basis to our players yeah um I think it was uh coach McConnell said it, you mm-hmm. know uh, during the offseason when he first got back here to right. Maslin that uh, we wanted to that he wanted to bring the black swarm defense back right. and really instill it yeah a- and I think it was the St. V game last year where there was a noticeable like real step up from our defense and you mm-hmm. could see it in the stats even in the box score by itself that you know uh, the kids really they got it and they kind of turned into that black swarm yeah was there one thing that kind of turned that tide or was it just kind of everybody like slowly getting into their role and that was really the first game where everybody clicked you know i I, that's a great question i mean obviously when when you get a new a new staff in place uh Ideally, you think it's going to probably take a little bit of while for everything to gel together. Um, I don't know if we, if you blame it on one thing in particular, but I, I think maybe what you saw there is guys really started, not that they weren't buying in before, but I think they really started to, to buy in to maybe what we were preaching. Um, you know, and, and they had a couple weeks in them, you know, of, of, of how we teach our defense, how, how we're so – dependent on reading our keys and, and, and playing good fundamental defense. I think that started – that stuff takes time. That just doesn't happen overnight, you know, and, it, and not that you guys would think that. It's, you know, some people think stuff just happens. It doesn't, it doesn't just click. It, it, takes, it takes weeks. It takes months. Uh, it takes film study. It takes coaches coaching and guys taking coaching for that stuff to happen. So I think what you saw, there's a mixture of things coming together. Yeah, I mean, like Hank said, going back to, I mean, we believe that uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary game last year, mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems like the defense has, you know, really been on top of it. I mean, if you look at the scores, just all of the games since then, uh, I mean, we really held opponents down pretty well, you know, minus a few a few games here and right. there. But, uh, I mean, you take away some of the, you know, what we like to take away the special teams, turnovers mm-hmm. uh pick sixes stuff like that right as well as just if you get placed in a bad spot if there happens to be a fumble inside your own red zone or something you know, that's tough for a defense to come back from mm-hmm. but besides that i really wish we had the stat for it but i mean as a defense i mean just kind of looking at it, i'd say we hold a team to to two scores a game you know over yeah. maybe a 
15 game stretch so far so i mean that's definitely productive from the defensive standpoint right and it's really showed what you guys have instilled in our players yeah yeah and i, I think you're right i think it's it's about it's around two two scores a game or something like that with the, i don't know i'm not sure the exact math but yeah um it, it was uh, i talked with don Engelhart of the mass on tigers.com uh website he oh. He's real big into the numbers and the stats and stuff, and he came up with a kind of a formula for I don't even know what to call it, just basically an offensive efficiency stat, where you know a good is like when when you have the ball first and ten, if you're looking at like do you get a first down, do you get a touchdown, do you get points compared to do you turn it over on downs, interception, fumble, punt, and to where our offense is operating at like a or an 86% efficiency rate this year, our defense holds the other team's offense to about a 55% efficiency. And that is, I think, since 1970 is when they started taking the stats of, like, everything he needs for that, Mm -hmm. first downs, stuff like that. But it's including the 1970 team, which was about 51, 52%, and kind of a legendary defense in the entire Masson program. I think this defense this year is, say, top 10 wow. all time. Are there really like any stats you look at more than others or any kind of like measurable you use to um, look at how successful your defense is? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's you bring up a good point, and that, that's – that's important for the kids to understand what our goals are. You need to blatantly tell them what our objectives are each game. Yeah, I mean, we do have objectives. We do have goals that we want to accomplish every game. First thing, we got, we want to, like you just said, we want to win first down. We've, we've got to win first down. We've got to put the offense in a different situation, what they're used to. Uh, we want to be good during third down. Um, next, we want, to, we want to be able to stop the run have to be able to stop the run and obviously one of our other goals is we had to have a great red zone efficiency we if we if a team does end up scoring on us we you know or i'm sorry driving on us getting inside the red zone towards the goal line, we, we want to be efficient in the red zone and get our offense back on the field yeah i remember when we played we had a board up uh yeah. in the team room with all the goals on it do you right. still have that uh we we don't have a a, a board per se but it's it's on sheets for those okay. kids uh, that they that they can see visually. It's on it's in our playbook. It's in the the, the handouts we give out. So, yeah, and kind of on the same thing. Is there any like one thing you guys like to pride yourself on? You know, like back in the day, uh, you would look at you know just holding a team's total yardage down. You know, and nowadays you look at uh, the kind of bend don't break defense where. 20 to 20, you'll let them march up and down the field, right? but you keep them out of the end zone. Or say you get teams like, I think, uh, Alabama, they're big on takeaways. They like to create turnovers. Right. Is there anything you guys like to hang your hat on? Uh, obviously, like I said, we, we want to be we want to have great third down efficiency. We, we want to make sure that we are winning third down. That That's probably one of the, the, one of the top numbers we look at. Obviously, we want to look at total Total yards offensively, what they're what they're gaining offensively. That's rushing in, pass. Uh, we want you know we want to be around that 150 range. Um, hopefully holding opponents under 100 yards or less of uh, total rushing yards uh, around that same amount for pass as well. Um, you know as far as points and, that, and that's a thing that's kind of 
it used to be, you know, kind of like, you know, 17 points or less used to be the big one. You know, we obviously we, our goal every game is to to have a goose egg, have have a shutout. I mean, I, I think I don't necessarily think we're, we're, we're telling our kids we need to have this certain amount. Uh, we don't want teams scoring on us. We don't want teams driving the field and having having a lot of rushing yards and passing yards. Um, you know, so we we want to keep all those numbers low. Obviously, when it comes to uh, you know winning on first down and on third down, uh, are there specific you know efficiencies on third down? Is there a percentage of yeah, stops yeah, that so, you want? Yeah, we want to be about seventy five percent on third down. That's that's about where we want to be. Um, you know, I mean, we we could argue those numbers as well for first down, but the the big one that we we really focus on is third down, seventy five percent. Yeah, I remember earlier in the year I saw what the percentage was mm-hmm. of what our defense gave up on third down, and you know I can't for I don't remember what it was or when it was, but mm-hmm. it was something insanely low. I I want to say it was like close, like in the teens. Does does that sound like it might be possible? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like seventeen percent is what we held what the offense did against us. Did against down. us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that was back when we did at the. Uh, halfway point in the regular season when we had um, kind of a forgettable podcast that I, we kind of brought up the numbers there and we were it, it was like it was 17 percent yeah which would make sense with what we're kind of yeah with as being a linebackers coach uh-huh. you know not just the defense in general but each unit uh i mean are there different little statistics you have for different groups or little you know fun competitions you have you know who has the most interceptions or tackles or whatever it may be it's, yeah it's a good question i mean to be honest with you our, our kids will they pride and i've already said it multiple you guys i'm a kind of a i'm a front seven type of guy we our kids and they really buy into stopping the run especially as a linebacker now obviously line we got to be multiple we got to be able to defend run pass uh, we got to be able to blitz um you know, so you could throw passing yards and there's sacks, everything like that. But what we really pride our, ourselves on is is stopping the run. And those kids, they want to know every single week when we get in the film room, hey, coach, what did we hold? What did we hold them to? What, what was their rush yards? What was their rush yards? They, and even at halftime, sometimes, what, what are they, at? coach? What where are they at right now? Where are they at right now? That, I mean, and they really pride themselves on. It. And, and, and it's high school football, so obviously that's what that, that's that's one of the major goals. And the, the kids are really bought into that that front the front seven the trench life the linebacker guys they really they really bought into that so yeah you know like you said stopping the run is number is the most important thing in high school ball yeah um how important is it to have linebackers that can cover and run in space because i know even at this past booster club meeting where coach mcconnell pointed out that uh uh, Mac, our Sam linebacker, mm-hmm. how you don't have many guys that can run with the number two receiver vertical, but right. he can, and how yeah. much that lends itself to our defense. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, we want we want to be able to stop the run and all those things, but we want to have guys who are quick laterally. Um, you know, I, I want as an inside linebacker, even before all of the, the different attributes and what I will view on paper, I first, I need a disciplined cat to be playing linebacker. You can't just be any Joe Schmo just because you run a 4-6 and you can jump this high and all that stuff and just put you at linebacker. Whoop-de-doo, we got you. Now, you got you to be a guy who can 
who can read their keys, who can be disciplined, like you just said, who can defend the run and be able to run around and, and defend the pass and, and have some good blitz technique. And, and at the end of the day, too, can't forget we got to be pretty physical. You know, we want to show up to the ball with a nasty attitude. We got to be good tacklers. Um, you know, a linebacker, inside, especially inside linebacker, is a very dynamic position. You got to be able to do a lot of different things. Um, so, yeah, obviously we want we want to have guys who can who can get to the ball laterally fast. But first and foam, first and foremost, I want to have a guy who's disciplined, who knows what's going on, knows their alignment, assignment. Where, where where everybody's supposed to be on the defense, what checks I have to make, that's first and foremost before I had any other attributes in there. Yeah, so talking about being disciplined, um, I mean, I, I was a former defensive back, mm-hmm. uh, so I know more about that than I do being a linebacker. Right. Um, you know, and, and as coming as a former defensive back, I don't think there were quite as many reads that I needed to make that a middle linebacker needed to make, or at least I had a little bit more recovery room because of my drop. Um, what kind of reads does a linebacker have to go through on a play-to-play basis? Yeah, it, 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 it's a progression. Um, see, obviously with with inside backers, um, you know, we got to be heavily involved in the run first and foremost, um, but we also got to be in the pass game as well. So, we we really take pride in reading our keys. Yes, we we will work on tackling to death. We'll work on block defeat. Um, we'll work on all those different things. Our, our agilities, our footies. But one thing that I make an emphasis that we do every single day, we do some sort of read drill where we're reading our keys. You know, we're getting our read, and once our guys get our read and they take those read steps, they are reacting to the football. And and I want it to become so routine with them, and that's why. We drill it every single day. You can't expect an inside linebacker to get good at reading their keys just by telling him what to read. It's something that they need to drill. And I think sometimes maybe you know people f- focus too much on the the block to feed or the tackling. You you got to drill those reads. You know, and, and like I said, that's something our kids know and really take pride in. And understand that you have to be disciplined and read your keys to be a good inside linebacker. Yeah, um, like you said about reading your keys first and foremost. We've played a couple teams. I think Fitch last year really sticks out in my mind. How they would run basically a guard tackle pull one way, but hand it off on a jet sweep the other way. Yeah. How do you deal with a team that kind of takes advantage of that like sound discipline reading your keys football and turns it on its head? We you know we would really def- rely on our overhand guys and rally defenders to to kind of rally to the football. And again, we we pride ourselves in running to the football. So if you know there is some sort of you know hiccup, a guy's going to make a mistake every single play. We want to make up for it with our effort and our, and our ability to run to the football. Yeah, kind of shifted gears here. We talked about it a little bit the first episode, and I know me and Rob have had a lot of conversation about it off air. We're a big, like a press quarters team, you mm-hmm. know, and you see a lot of high school teams running cover three. Rob here wants to roll to cover three against everything but two by two. Why Why do we like quarters? Why do we like to live in too high? Well, you know, we don't, we don't want to show our hand, uh, number one. We don't want to 
we don't want to just roll guys down. Uh, you know, everything we do is based upon what an offense is giving us and what we're seeing, obviously, throughout the, the weekend's preparation. Uh, you know, we, we believe in playing our base defense, and especially when you got two good safeties, uh, Dean Clark and Preston Hodges, who are, who are really good at reading their keys and and uh, reacting to the football and, and and doing what they do, you know we have we have the ability to do that, and not have to to substitute uh, with you know with our personnel and have to roll every single time. Yeah, you know you hear about guys saying like, um, well we've we've had guys say about how in high school you have to be flexible in your system, mm-hmm. and then you you know you kind of read about quarters a little bit and how it's it, it's almost like a catch-all type of defense you know um how do you kind of determine what system you want to run based on what personnel you have and what kind of systems you like yeah and again that's a that's a happy medium obviously like I was, we were talking a little bit earlier you know we weren't born yesterday if 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 we don't have the personnel to run a certain scheme uh we're, we're not going to do that uh, but at the same time, we do have to have, you know, our, our base defense in and, and rut, run kind of, you know, what, what we believe in and, and kind of adapt uh, to what we need to do based upon what an offense has given us. Yeah, uh, just kind of on more of the personnel side, you know, uh-huh. like with the cover three, you, you need that really kind of safety linebacker hybrid that can roll down in the box and really make a yeah. presence in the run game. Yeah. Is there any guy or any you know particular skill position, any position or uh, particular player that you really need to be a certain way to run quarters like we do? Uh, I mean, our safeties have got to be real good at obviously being in the pass game, then obviously being really good run defenders as well, uh, especially with the way we do things schematically, defense defensively we really need our safeties uh in the run game you know and and, and we're not just going to run a coverage run a coverage uh every, everything is based upon you know what front we're in uh, uh what guys we have what personnel we have in on the field at the time um there, there's things that are strategically planned for what we want to run coverage wise um and and obviously we want to have the the guys that can that we'll be able to do it. And like you just said earlier, the personnel. Um, and obviously we have a really, really good guy back there by the name of Dean Clark, who is just a, a great kid, a great player. Um, wish we had, a, you know, a hundred more of those types of guys, but you could win football games with those guys. Well, yeah, I don't think you can have a hundred more because you still got to have guys up front with their hands in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we've had a pretty solid rotation up yeah. front with our defensive linemen, especially in the East St. Louis game where it seemed like every other play we were, uh, you know, sending guys in and out. How important is that to have, like, that many guys that you can call upon that can step in and rotate? Well, yeah, and that's, that's always one of those positions where you want to have fresh guys, you know, those bigger guys. Now, obviously, we can get them conditioned as much as possible, but they are going to need a blow, especially in high school football when you do have some guys going both ways. Uh, having depth there, man, I'm telling you, it, 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 really, it really helps. And, you know, Coach Simon and Coach Copeland do a really good job of throughout the week of practice – of rotating those guys in, 
um, getting them in different situations, you know, putting them in different spots in case, you know, we have those scenarios where we may need a guy more offensively this game. You know, we have guys that are able to f- fill those roles and, and play where we need them to play. Earlier in the year, uh, Coach Jarvis, you know, answered one of our questions saying that it was it was a little easier for a defense to adjust to the other team's offense than for an offense to adjust to a defense. Uh, how is just your ability to be multiple or changing up your scheme, how does that benefit you week in and week out going against different offenses? Yeah, it, it, and j- just kind of like what you said, I mean – we have that ability. That's that's what's nice. We have that personnel to to do that. The, those certain things. Uh, obviously, when we're when we're game planning, um, with, with with the defense we have in place, we we have the ability to based upon what the offense is giving us formation wise, what they're giving us. You know, when we're looking up different tendencies, hey, they're in this formation, they're running this certain play a, a certain percentage of time, they're more run or pass in this set than the other set. Uh, we we have the ability to base what we call uh, based upon their formation. Um, so yes, being multiple really helps us in in being able to teach our kids those different things while still being multiple, but keeping things simple for our kids. Because you got to remember, they're high school. They're they're in high school. They're fifteen, sixteen year old kids who go to school all day. They got their girlfriend breaking up with them. All that stuff. Uh, you got to keep things simple for those guys. And obviously we're multiple, but simple at the same time. Yeah, like you said about you, you know, doing your scouting and calling the defense from the sideline. Yeah. How much do you call, like how much control do you have over what the defense runs? Because we came up through, you know, with uh, Coach Durbin when he was the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Our entire back end, like our base defense was – determine entirely upon what set the offense came out in. You know, if they're running a two-by-one, you roll cover three, or a two-by-two, you sit cover two. And, you know, we'd call blitzes or stunts here and there, but it the entire back end was almost self-adjusting. How much of the defense are you actually calling, you know, pre-snap uh, this year? Again, that's a, that's a good question, Um Again, and I hate to keep saying this, but it depends on what we're we're getting uh, based upon our game planning. Um, obviously, there'll be those those certain formations that an offense will come out in, and we'll have to check something. Um, you know, we 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 believe in we're going to run our our base defense, be able to run our base defense to to anything they come out in. But obviously, you're right. Uh, you know, like you said, Coach Durbin had different things. Yeah, there there will be instances where, depending on the week, if a team comes out and lines up in this this set here and they're they're doing this, yeah, we 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 have the ability, we have the kids who are smart enough to make those checks uh, and, to, and to get us into to situations where we'll be successful. You know, so yeah, we want to we want to stay in what we want to stay in, but at the same time, we're we're smart enough to understand. Yeah, we we got to make adjustments. Uh, we touched on earlier just how outstanding the defense has been uh, this entire year, you know, even going back to last year as well. To go along with that, I mean, our offense has been putting up a lot of points. I mean, I know you said you, you want to shut out every single game. Any right. score is too much, and the the kids buy into that, and I love it. Um, but how much does it does it help 
conceptually having an offense that has been putting up a good amount of points each game? Uh, it, it definitely helps. Um, obviously, we want to get our offense on the field as much as possible with, with and I'm not an offensive guy, I'm not going to speak for them, but with, with just for, with how explosive they are and how many different things they can do. Uh, we we want to play good defense, obviously, but then we want to put, put put points on the board offensively. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's something that we need to do. We need to get our our offense on the field as as much as possible. So yeah, we, we that's why third down is so important in getting off the field. They spoke to it. Uh, I think it was uh, Coach Miller spoke to it at the Booster Club meeting early in the season that how this is really the first year we haven't been afraid to put our defense on the field. You know, it, for a few years there, since basically since Coach Durbin until now, that we've kind of had to game plan our offense to keep the defense off. How much pride do you guys take in that, that, hey, we don't need help from you guys, that we can do what we do no matter what situation we get put in? Yeah, I mean, we we do we do hang our hats on that, and 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 the thing is, we we expect that. Like I said earlier, we want to we pride our ourselves on playing defense. That has been masculine football throughout the years, and and obviously, I think that maybe that's what Coach McConnell was talking about uh, when when he came back. It is what you're saying, Hank. Is yeah, we're gonna pride ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna be really good offensively. We're gonna really good offense players. We'll be very explosive. But at the end of the day, our defense is the pride of our team. We want to to stop an offense to get our offense back on the field. Yeah, so I know this is uh, week thirteen. You know, going into the regional championship, go Tigers! Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your head here, going back a few weeks. Okay. All right. Since it's a this is a defensive show here, uh, so two games that stick out to me is obviously the McKinley game. Um, just because of the environment of the game, how big the game is, you know, that from the mental aspect, that changes things a little bit. Uh, then also going back to East St. Louis, a high-powered offensive game, not a lot of stops. What kind of message do you give your kids in those games? Uh, more the East St. Louis game where it just seemed like you needed one stop. We got the one stop when it mattered. But like, what kind of message do you give your defense in those long, drawn-out games? Yeah, obviously, that's... You know, when you're giving up 40 points, that's not ideal for us defensively. We don't want to be in a shootout with anybody. But at the same time, when you are facing an offense like like East St. Louis, who had you know a lot of explosive players and personnel out on the field, you know, you know, we you tell you tell your kids pregame throughout the week, hey, these these guys are are gonna make some plays. We you know we. We want to be a bend but don't break defense. And, you know, with that, that game, yeah, we did, you know, we struggled a bit. And, uh, you know, and cre- kudos to them. They had a lot of guys. They had a good scheme in, good plan in. They, you know, very explos- explosive athletes. Um, you know, we, we want our kids to make plays when, when they need to make plays and get off the field when they need to get off the field and just keep battling. And, I mean, you guys know what's that sign say when we leave the locker room? play the next play you know we still preach all that obviously we want to stop the run stop the pass we want to be great defensively hold points to you know under 10 points a game whatever it may be a shutout a game but we got to understand that you know sometimes we will bend we can't break yeah um 
the East St. Louis game and the McKinley game too, Rob kind of touched on it, the environment, just how loud the fans get, you know. How much does that help you guys as a defense on the field? Because we've been trying to preach it on here for as, as long as we've been running this thing that, yeah. you know, we do help. But how much does it actually help you guys? And then to go along with that, um, is there anything in particular that you'd want from the fans? Any specific situations where you would want something more than others? Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in defensively. Obviously, offense, you got to kind of gel it together. There's different things. You got to have a tempo and all those different things. Um, defense, defensively, you want to play with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. Um, and you got to have those things. And, and especially with our black swarm, you guys hit on the nail earlier, that black swarm mentality. Uh, when, you know, when the, when the fans get riled up and you start hearing, I tell you, every time, uh, especially the McKinley game, when you heard that T-I-G-E-R-S, that old school where it's going back and forth, you know what I'm talking about, from stands to stands, gives you goosebumps. And, you know, our, our kids, like I said, we, we tell our kids to, to get hyped up and to have a lot of energy on defense. That that, that crowd noise, that the T-I-G-E-R-S, the, you know, what's the old, what's the other ones? Go, 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 all that stuff. That's probably more of an offensive one. But, you know, we love that stuff. Defense, we, we, we encourage that from our fan base. Yeah, you know, I, I know we always travel well, and I think our ticks are selling pretty good for this game, but... I'm getting pumped right now just thinking about it. So yeah, I know. Getting get bumps to the game. Yeah. Get all your friends. Get them to the game. Get all of their friends. Get them to the game. Yeah, I mean, the ticket sales, I mean, it's Wednesday night as we're recording this. Um, I heard that this morning we were already over. We sold more tickets than they originally gave us. Uh, so we we have a total of 4,500 tickets is what I heard. Uh, we are already over the 3,000. Sounds like Hoover is going to cut it off at 7,000 total seats. So the idea is it's going to be a sellout, but how many people are going to be wearing orange? That's the real idea. Uh, so, you know, the idea is to get as many people there as possible, get loud. Uh, Hoover's a little bit more of an open stadium, yeah. so we're going to have to be even louder than normal to get the same point across. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope the team's looking forward as much as we are. Yeah, we are. And again, we we love our fan base. We want we want our fans there. We want that old. Not that it hasn't been this year. It's been great this year. I mean, I, I, like I said, that McKinley game, man. I, I was like, man, this is something special. Obviously, um, you know, we want that every week, and and it is that every week. We obviously the more fans, the better. Um, the kids love it. Coaches love it. Us, all us Maslin guys on staff appreciate it. You know, just get after it, man. Yeah. Uh, Warpath. Warpath. Uh, kind of shifting gears here, getting to the uh, the Whitehall game. You know, I our offense, I thought overall we played spectacularly. Uh, lefty, he, um, I, I thought he did a really good job of getting his career quarterback rating up, you know. You get a you, two and two passing, ninety some yards, seventy yard bomb for a touchdown, and then getting out of the game like that—that's that's a vet move to get those stats up. Um, but really, though, our, I thought you know twelve Catrone—he did a great job stepping in. It felt like it took him a little bit to you know get in, get warmed up, get ready for the—not get ready for the game, but be, get into the rhythm of the game. And after that, I thought he. Honestly, as a fan, exceeded my expectations of our uh, of our QB two. 
the rest of our team, you know, our our line, receivers, everybody, I thought they did a great job stepping up, you know, kind of trying to fill that void of when your QB leaves, it's not he's not your QB1 for no reason, you know. He's he the offense runs through him. I know we're a big, you know, uh, power run team, but the offense still does run through him. He's stepped up in more than enough games that, you know, he he's kind of the heart and soul of our offense outside of our line. And uh yeah, I thought Catrone did a great job. You know, Jameer, the rest of the running backs, fantastic. The receivers, everybody just um one thing that really struck me was I don't we really try not to talk about this on air, but the referees, I don't I'm not going to ask you about it. I don't know if it was either they were just incompetent or really trying to call it one-sided, but I it, I I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we talked about it a lot at the game, uh, as did a lot of fans. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's, that's something you got to deal with every single week. And, uh, you know, it's not the first time. It's not the last time. So you got to play through it. I think we did a, a good job of doing that. Um, but, yeah, going back to the offense, you know, obviously losing your starting quarterback, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, your starting quarterbacks are really a big piece of your team, uh, especially with us. And, I mean, like you said, I think Catron came in, did a good job, uh, you know, made a few timely throws when we really needed it. Um, at first, our run game was a little stagnant when they started loading the box on us. But, you know, just like every other game, though, as the fourth quarter comes on, the line really stepped it up. The other team got tired. We wore on them. And uh, some of those lanes started to open up late at the game. So I think ultimately we stuck to our guns. And, you know, Catron came in, did a good job, and, you know, ultimately got the win. Yeah, there, there's just a couple of little finer points in our offense I want to get. Um, you know, welcome back, Adric Ford. I think he made an impact immediately being in there uh, in our quick screen game. I know – you know, Catron, those uh, those throws out wide started sinking on him a little bit, but that's just something you get back with reps. You know, the more he gets back into it, it he'll be fine. That's not that's nothing to worry about. Um, I thought more than a few times, especially on some key third downs where we called our our sale. You know, the outside guys running those you know, quick posts, the inside guys running outs, and. Really, I thought Catrone was money on those. And that's one of those things you look at at a quarterback to where if they can throw the out, they're, they have some pretty good arm talent there. And I thought, you know, just that game alone, I haven't watched him. He, I know he's been our starting JV quarterback, but I haven't really, you know, made it to those games. He was money on Friday on those outs. Um, it, it, there's the, you know... And when he was uh, scrambling in the pocket, he made that deep throw to Ballard that Ballard should have caught. And he would be the first one to tell you that. But I thought that was another tremendous throw. And that was really the point in the game where like, oh, you know, this kid might have it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, some of those uh, outs that he was throwing, you know, third and long. Some of these situations we put him in, not ideal. Um, but he made some good throws, I think. I believe, you know, at least one of those first down balls ended up getting dropped uh, so I mean he made you know some decent throws when we needed him to he threw uh, you know that ball to Ballard on the run was was pretty impressive he was able to toss it up to Morgan down in the end zone so I mean it got us through but really I think what held us together in that game was how solid our defense was you know beginning to end you lose your quarterback that's never great you kind of see the momentum shift initially 
then our defense was able to uh, to stop them. So I mean, just just from an overview standpoint, uh, I mean, what do you think we did really well last week, Lino? Well, um, obviously, like you guys already hit on, uh, when you when you lose your starting quarterback, you know, you, you, you have that thought defense. Okay, we we got we to gotta really step up. And I think our kids really bought into that idea. Hey, you know, it, it's kind of on us. But like I said, kudos to uh, Catron, man. He did, he did a heck of a job um, coming in there as a, as a young guy and, and being, you know, pushed into a, a round two playoff game. Uh, of mass and football it's a great job but obviously yeah we you know we with that happening you know we we knew we needed to step up and i thought our kids stepped up the way they needed to and again like like we were talking about last uh last, earlier in the podcast i mean we that's what we expect from our defense it's there's nothing new it's it's a routine thing it's that black swarm mentality that we want to have every single week week in and week out that's what that's what we expect that's the expectation you know, a couple of things really uh, uh, stuck out to me about their offense. One was, you know, through the entire season, the amount of trick plays they ran. And I think they called at least two or three against us. How much pride do you take? Because, you know, trick plays kind of, they tend to play off of defenses not reading the keys properly. So how much pride do you take in seeing our defense snuff out a trick play like we did uh on friday right and we were prepared for that throughout the week we prepared for you know a couple a day because they were very trick play uh oriented and i think they they averaged like two or three a game i mean it was, it was quite a bit uh you know obviously we game plan for those but yeah like and we told our kids all week a trick plays do not work uh, you hit it on the nail do not work against disciplined defense so if we told our guys if we're going to hang our hats on being a disciplined defense then these should be a non-factor and obviously they were our kids did a great job preparing all week um, and obviously it showed in the game uh another part of their game that i think it's not really trick play but it does still play kind of play off of an aggressiveness or not reading your keys on defense their screen game and I thought there was more than a couple of screens they had that we snuffed out immediately. Yeah. How much goes into preparing like your defensive line, especially because they're really the guys that you know the offense is trying to take advantage of with the screen game, right? And, and again, that's a uh, a thing we game plan for on on a weekly basis. What down they're doing screens, how you know with formation, all those sorts of things. Uh, they were prepared for it. Uh, we were ready for it. Uh, D-line pursuit, uh, linebacker inside out pursuit is very important in the screen game. And I thought our guys did a great job of sniffing it out. And we always tell our defensive linemen, if you're not getting blocked, uh, chances are you're either getting kicked out or it's it's a screen. You're not you're never that good. So so redirect and, and roll, man. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, is the, I was also a D lineman too, you know, you're either, if you go untouched at the snap, you're either getting kicked, you're getting red, or there's a screen, because yeah. you're not lucky enough, some kid missed an assignment. So, it was just nice to see, I think there was one where one of our D linemen could have had a pick six, but, you know, right. you, you live with what happens. Um, yeah, those guys aren't used to catching the football. <laughs> No, uh, a pat-and-go is not a normal defensive no, line drill no. that we usually go through. No. Um, overall, though, I think we held him to, like, 50 yards rushing, um, something like that. Yeah, the, you're talking about the quarterback specifically? Yes. Yeah, it was around that. I think they had around 80, 90 
total yards, so under that 100 mark. Mm-hmm. And overall, like you said, you know, there were some kind of swings of momentum where they could have yeah. taken advantage of. I know they hit – it was like a post down the middle that I think the kid was moving before the snap, but you go back to the referees, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Um, overall, I think our defense really stepped up, just like the rest of the team did, and played a tremendous game against them. Uh, and looking ahead here to this Friday night against Wadsworth, you know, as a defensive guy, you know what their offense looks like, and we'll get into that. But is there anything on their defensive side of the ball that sticks out to you at all? Uh, and again, I, I, I just talk, just hearing the offensive guys talk. I don't want to talk uh, for the offensive staff, uh, but you know they're they're going to be a solid group of guys. They're going to have tough, disciplined kids. Uh, you know their 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 linebackers are gonna are gonna read their keys well. They're gonna be physical in the run game, obviously. <clears throat> on the back, excuse me, on the back half, um, they, you know they'll do some different things as well. Uh, so our, our you know our offense got to be ready to play like like every week. They're, we're gonna get their best shot. Yeah. So on paper, Wadsworth runs a three three stack. Uh, it's not the first time we've seen a three three stack all year. We've seen it a couple of times. Uh, you know, from first impression. You know, we've found that it hasn't been too effective against us. Uh, Wadsworth is stuck with that 3-3 stack all year long, but at the same time, they haven't played a Maslin yet. So uh, they their coach is pretty smart, so I, it's going to be exciting to see what they actually do on Friday. Uh, you know, like what all of our offensive coaches have said, you know, you can game plan for a team all week. Um, but you always have to game plan for the 20 different variables they could do as well because nobody just ever plays a straight up. Uh, especially with Wadsworth running that 3-3 stack, it would be hard to see them stick to that, especially with some of the different personnel groups that we have and just how effective we've been against the 3-3 so far this year. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see what they do there. Uh, like you touched on, they do have really good linebackers. That's the that's the key to their defense. Uh their defensive line, not huge, but that they move well uh, in general. They they bring a couple different pressures at you. Uh, they have a free safety that has 10 interceptions on the year. Um, I don't know anything besides him besides that stat, but, I mean, that's a pretty impressive feat overall. Uh, so I don't know if there's anything more detailed about it that you want to touch on, Hank. Yeah, uh, I mean, their nose guard's 300 pounds. That's not what I would call little, but... Their DNs either side, not that big. Um, I can't, like you said, I can't see them staying in a base 3-3. You know, they've run some bear stuff, some odd stuff. Um, They usually, just like any other 3-3 stack team, they like to send a linebacker at the snap, not technically a blitz, just getting that kind of four-man rush. When they have sat back in coverage with just sending three, their pass rush doesn't really scare me at all. You know, I, I feel like... Aiden can sit back there all day or Catron or Wildcat Jameer or whoever wants to, you know, sit back there and, you know, throw the ball. But if they try and, you know, just send three, I feel like that's not something that they can really live in. Um, it, it seems like when they, when they're facing offenses that go with a more run heavy personnel, say two back and a tight end, they like to, they get a little blitz happy. And that might be something we could take advantage of. Cause I really trust our pass pro in those kind of situations. Um, Their back end doesn't, you know, they don't seem to have that much speed there. It doesn't overly impress me. If 
if they want to try and take away our pass game, they're going to have to get plus numbers there, which we can take advantage of immediately with our run. Uh, Overall, you know, I like the matchup, but again, they're a physical, disciplined team. They have like 93 tackles for loss on the season. Oh, wow. That's new to me. I haven't heard that stat yet. Which, it's something like that. Which, that's Mm. something, you know, you don't stumble into that. Right. They're, make no mistake, this is a good team. You, again, you can't stumble into week 13 either. This is a good, solid, disciplined team, bunch of athletes, smart football players, tough, physical, that it's going to be a game. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the matchup in the trenches and overall how they want to play us and how we want to play them. Kind of on the back end, like I said, not that, uh, you know, they don't have quite the quite the speed that I would expect anybody to try and cover us one-on-one with. They like to live in cover three, a little bit of cover one. They'll roll, you know, quarters coverage, a little bit of cover six, which um, I'll let our defensive guy here explain that because I don't think we've ever got into uh, what cover six is. Yeah, so so cover six, and I, I think I know it, which kind of everybody calls it different things, but the cover six you're talking about is playing a little bit of – uh, cover two to a split field coverage, cover two to one side, cover four quarters to the other side. So quarter, quarter, half. Uh, yeah, the, the, what, from what I've seen uh, from running the scout team and things like that, they'll, they'll mix some of that in as well. You're right. Yeah, yeah so, so, I mean, like you said, you know, Wadsworth, they're not the biggest team we've seen all year. They're not the most athletic team we've seen all year. But, you know, they, they got a good combination of really disciplined kids. You know, they're well coached. They're going to show up. They're really tough, and that's how they're going to play us. Uh, I mean, we talked about their linebackers. I mean, one linebacker has 139 tackles on the year. The other one is 104. I mean, you get over 130 tackles. I mean, that's not something I've seen since uh, Spencer Lino did it you yeah. know, back uh, his senior <laughs> year, I believe. Uh, so, I mean, that that's an imp- impressive feat. Like you said, 94 tackles for a loss. You know, that that's not accidental. You know, they, they know what they're doing up front. Uh, it's it's a well-disciplined team. Yeah. Um, like we said, uh, it's going to be a solid game. Um, special teams-wise, nothing really sticks out that much. Their kicker kind of, like, sprays it around a little mm-hmm. bit. There's, yeah. you know, uh, I think a couple, a couple field goals on film. He's not quite the threat that you would really, you know, highlight in your scouting report. Offensively, they're a, and I'll let you speak on this, but they're really a two-back power run team. They like to live in a two-by-one with a tag screen. It honestly resembles, it's like a close cousin to what we run on offense, honestly. And I'll just, I'll let you, you know, take away, speak on them. Yeah, so uh, Wadsworth, they're going to get in some 20 personnel, obviously 20 personnel, meaning two back, uh, no tight end looks. Uh, and, and typically, you know, sometimes I feel like the word on the street is that they're, they're a team who's more of a spread offense, who want to tote the rock around a little bit. These guys are, they, they will do that. They have, they have the, ability, the ability to do that. Uh, but from from what we've got, I mean, they, they want to run the football. And they got really two good guys who can run the football uh the snowball kid and then obviously um number three i can't remember his last name off the the top of my head dominic laparo uh who is also a really good running back who's actually their their leading rusher 
this year. So, you know, obviously we, we have, you know, some different things in the game plan this week to prepare for that. And, and obviously if they decide to go their other route as well, um, you know, the, their quarterback is a, is a solid player. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a taller kid. He's about 6'1". Uh, they also have, you know, receivers who have the ability to find space in, in our in our coverage and and have the ability to, you know, they have the ability to run some of that RPO stuff, the run pass option, uh, the tag trains off of the run. Uh, and, and once they get some of their, their guys in space, they, you know, they want to roll. I, I think a couple things that struck out to me is, is one, when – uh, Coach Moore said this uh, at the Boots Club meeting that against teams that are really good, like wrong arm spill teams, like we are, that they'll run power inside the tackle a lot. Like we've talked about on here a little bit with mm-hmm. that the power ISO yeah. almost look. And really, the other is uh, they're two leading rushers. They're on the field at the same time. Yeah, they don't really have a fullback. It's they just switch between the running back and that fullback position almost yeah. every other play, and, and the other other thing that stands out to me is it was last week they almost went like a five wide exclusively, yeah. like really spread the ball out and um, you know t- uh, try and turn it into a seven on seven. How do you kind of combat a team that? How do you defend a team that? shows that kind of multiplicity on offense. Yeah, and you're exactly right. They have the ability to go like we just were talking about, that 20 personnel where they will pound the rock a little bit and, and run with their really good running backs and put those two guys on the field at the same time. And and then they'll have the ability to get in some quad and some empty stuff and really spread out the field. You know, again, and that part that's part of what we talked about earlier is being multiple uh, and game planning accordingly. So, you know, we got we got to be ready for everything. Because uh, uh, like like we were just talking about earlier, these guys are not uh, twelve and zero for for nothing. They're very explosive offensively. Uh, we have to have plans in place and and have you know not not just plans in place but adjustments you know written down and, and planned out thoroughly before we even go into the game. So obviously we're prepared for that. Yeah. So I mean. Going into their offense a little bit more, you know, like you said, both of those running backs or running back and fullback, they, they interchange. They both have over a thousand yards rushing this year. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's definitely a threat you have to account for. That doesn't come on accident. They, they're both really good. They, they're really good at running the ball. Uh, I mean, the one running back averaged 8.3 yards per carry over the year. So, I mean, that's really efficient yeah, to go with it. It just doesn't happen. The quarterback is a 71% completion passer. So just in general, you know, they have the option of going back and forth, and they're really efficient. You know, some people might talk about, you know, some of the teams they played throughout the season. But, you know, still, going against a scout team, it's it's tough to, you know, have 2,000-yard rushers and a 70% uh, completion passer. Yeah, and, and, and you hit it on the nail, man. I mean... They, they they have the ability to to do both right to, to spread us out and run the football so we got to be ready yeah um I think one matchup I I think we can really take advantage of uh is their centers like 260 265 but the rest of the line average is about 225 you know I look for us to control line of scrimmage even on the other side of the ball 
just watching film, watching old games. They didn't overly impress me, like I said. Um, and just from last game and really last couple games about what we've some new stuff we've run out of like our two back or our two full back running back personnel to where we've run like we without really it's hard to show it in a podcast format but we've become a lot more multiple out of that stuff to where it used to be we could only run say you know power uh, a couple of concepts i think we can run most of our run game out of that personnel just kind of turning one of those fullbacks into a replacement tight end tackle type thing but really i i you know i i don't want to be too confident going into it but i like our matchup heading yeah. in yeah and, and again you talk about their offensive line play they got a solid offense line like you just said robbie i mean if you to have two thousand yard rushers uh for the season um you, you got to be doing something right. So, obviously, we prepared for that. Um, you know, looking at their personnel, what they do in their run game. Um, you know, we, we, we definitely respect them. And like you just said, we can't can't go in. I mean, we want to be confident, but we don't want to be cocky. Um, and that's kind of what we've been preaching to our kids all, all week is, you know, and I always joke with my inside linebackers, you got to prepare for every opponent like it's the New York Giants. It's a, it's a, it's a professional football team. No matter who you're playing, it's got to be consistent. You don't just turn it on one day and then turn it off another. Yeah, uh, there's a fine line between cocky and confident. Confident is how much you can back up what you're saying, and cocky is you can't back up the words. But I feel like, you know, we're, we're a very confident team. And we can back that up. So uh, before we get into our lightning round, just kind of a few housekeeping things, you know. Uh, if you want to interact with us, uh, got questions, comments, concerns, find us Twitter, Facebook. On uh, Twitter, it's at Black Swarm Pod. Facebook, the Black Swarm Podcast. Gmail, the Black Swarm Podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, you can find us on iTunes, the Black Swarm podcast, uh, Black Swarm, all one word. Just that's how we stylized it. And I'm kind of regretting that now because I have to specify that every time. Um, one thing we did was on Spotify, we made a little, uh, a little tailgate playlist. You know, there's something for everybody there, which in the same token means that probably not everybody is going to like every song on there. But, you know, you're trying to play for a large audience here. So, for some reason, Spotify's algorithm, you can't search it unless it gets a lot of hits, you know, unless it gets kind of popular. But we'll tweet that and Facebook that link out. And if you want to really hear the playlist of what our tailgate sounds like, you, you get a good feel for us. Just side note, explicit content. Uh, it, if you don't like the song, skip it. And uh, with that, I think we'll change. We'll switch gears into our uh, our lightning round we have with all our guests. You ready for it, Lino? All right, is it? Let's go, man. I'm ready. All right, let's get after it, Rob. All right, a little back and forth here. Answer as quick as possible. Okay. I will start. First one. Let's get it out of the way. It is a hot dog a sandwich? No. One of the coaches I'm going to find agrees with me on this. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> not yet. It's a subcategory. Yeah, obviously not yet, but we'll get there. 
Um, favorite pregame meal? Well, when I was in college, when I played high school and college, PB and J, man, and a banana couldn't eat too heavy. Solid. <laughs> Would you rather your shirts always be one size too small or two sizes too large? Probably two sizes too large, be a little uncomfortable. Schmedium. <laughs> a little schmedium there. I mean, you're a pretty fit guy. I'm surprised yeah. you know, show off the goods a little bit. A little, it's a little uncomfortable. I want to be able to breathe, man. It's yeah, fair. You know, just modest. I, I like that. I like that. Go-to pizza topping. Cheese, banana pepper, and mushrooms. I don't have protein on that, but I, it still sounds like add, add, pizza. Pe- add pepperoni in there. forgot <laughs> that one. Sorry. That sounds good. What was the first car you ever drove? It was a Chrysler LHS, and it looked like a boat. <laughs> Your best feature? Oh man, it's gotta it's gotta be uh it's gotta be my biceps. That's what my at least that's what my fu- fiance tells me. No, <laughs> <laughs> that counts then. No, it's it's uh yeah yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nope, that's in there. Definitely the biceps. <laughs> what was your favorite playing moment while at Maslin? Uh, it's definitely got to be beating, lo- losing to McKinley during the regular season and then coming back around and beating them in Akron Info Cision Field in the playoffs. I think it was round, it, was, it would have been round three of the playoffs. Your favorite play to run on defense? I'm a base defense guy. That's a boring answer, but I I, I believe in base defense. If I'm going to do a blitz, mm-hmm. uh, we used to call it Switch Shade Mohawk in college. That, I'll just leave you at that as a great name. <laughs> All right. And so besides the great name, that's a you're ordering a vanilla ice cream cone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which current Maslin coach would win in a triathlon oh man that's a tough one and definitely not uh, coach Moore <laughs> or coach Mays or those old linemen right hey now <laughs> I don't know I don't know man probably, probably coach Studer He's the one. He's doing those CrossFits every single every single morning at four thirty a.m. I I got I got to give it to Coach Stu. I'll take that. Um, they make a movie about your life. Who plays you? Like an actor? Yes. Or uh, anyone. I'm gonna. Oh, really, anybody, I'm just gonna go with Sylvester Stallone because I am a uh, huge Rocky fanatic, and I, I assume you two are as well. I wouldn't call myself fanatic, but they yeah. are great movies. Yeah, they are. They are great. Which TV sitcom could you see yourself being a part of? Oh man, probably the only one I really know is the the Key and Peele. Key and Peele is that is that Would a sitcom? Would you be the third one, or I'd be, yeah, I'd be the third one of them. Yeah, I'd, right. I'd be the third guy. The third guy. Okay. I call that a sketch comedy, but still, uh, it's a TV show. That plays. That works. Because it's taken on a life of its own here somehow. What is your first 
choice of weapon to go hunt the lizard man of Lee County. Oh, you talking about... You ever hear that story about the lizard man from uh, Coach Troxler? So you times, haven't yeah. listened to our podcast? Then. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> trust me. We, I hear about it probably once a week. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, a, I'm gonna take a couple of guns, man. Um, That's what it takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Bring some heavy arsenal in that one, man, for that guy. What was the furthest you ever had to travel for football? Um, it would have been Huntington. Alabama, I think it was an 11-hour bus trip, and then get this, the uh, the AC went out, mm. so it was hot, and obviously it was hot in Alabama. It doesn't get cold down there too much, does it? No, it doesn't. Not often. But if it does, they let you know about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anytime it drops below 75, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a cold day. Um. Let's see here. Turn this one kind of on its head a little bit. Usually go with ice cream flavors, but uh, if you were a Kool Aid flavor, which one would you be and why? Oh my god, I don't even remember the Kool Aid flavors. They're all you, the regular kids' you, flavors. Yeah, I'd color uh, probably color uh, would be fine. Ch- uh, red, red cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why? Cherry. Why? I don't know. Maybe because I got a red beard here. I don't know. That works. Yeah, yeah that works. Winding around, he answered it quick. <laughs> That plays. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium. Medium. All right, all right. Yeah, not not too not too done, not too pink, just just right. All right. Well, I was gonna end it on the Kool Aid flavor, but let's keep going. How do you drink your coffee? Black. That no, boy. no cream, no sugar. I know, I know. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard if uh, any of the other coaches have talked about uh. Coach Coach Simon and Coach McConnell are big uh, big latte guys. Oh, yeah. So I next know. time next time you see them, uh, they'll probably have a, a Starbucks in hand. Uh, you know, caramel macchiato, uh, macchiato, however you pronounce it. Those guys know how to pronounce it. That's kind of an on jo- ongoing yeah. joke. <laughs> all right, all right. So the less of man that sounds good. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite hobby outside of football? Man, I, I tell you what, man, I, uh, that's kind of sad. I don't know if I really have any other hobbies besides football. I mean, to be honest with you, with, when I do have free time, you know, I'll, I'll give uh, my my fiance here a picture. We, we'll we'll go out to a nice dinner and just kind of just kind of hang out and relax. So your so your hobby is having a personal life. I like yeah, it. There all you right, go. Right, solid. All right, we'll end on this. Your favorite non-lizard man related conspiracy theory. Oh man. <laughs> I'd have to go with Bigfoot. As a kid, I read a book one time and it said there was a sighting in Maslin, Ohio of Bigfoot. Yeah, on Oberlin Road there out there kind of yeah. where that yeah. getting close to 30 there. And I've always thought, hell, I've always when I'm driving down thirty, I'm looking in the in the, you know, off to the side. I'm looking if I see one one of them, them big Sasquatch looking things. Uh, no, no lizard man though. I don't I don't know if I believe in the lizard man. Uh oh. Oh boy. Oh, I I never knew about the mass on Bigfoot. Yeah, look I, into it. I'm gonna need to keep my eyes off for this one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard uh, some up by the airport. More oh. more into green. Never heard the mass on one though. All right. 
All right, so thanks for being a, a great co-host, uh, co-host here, Spencer Lino, a linebacker coach, great guy, uh, great coach. Uh, great episode, rounded out here. Looking forward to seeing all the fans at the game this Friday at Hoover. Get your tickets while you can. It's going to sell out. So with that, go Tigers, beat Wadsworth. Go Tigers, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, look forward to maybe being on again sometime. Thank you. And we'll be happy to have you back. And uh, go Tigers. Beat Wadsworth.